This summer, Coors Light wants you to retire, even if it's only temporary. Take a break from your nine to five for nine holes of golf. Trade those spreadsheets for a bingo card. Or swap your office chair for a water aerobics floaty. This summer, welcome to temporary retirement. Coors Light, made to chill. Copyright 2023, Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Bald Face Truth. Been a lot to digest in the last uh, five, six days. Uh, Pete Thamel, ESPN, with a report about the ACC. Nothing gets college presidents more excited than an affiliation with two of the most elite academic institutions in the country. Obviously, Cal, one of the premier public institutions. Stanford, obviously, one of the elite private institutions. Stanford, top to bottom, I don't think anyone would argue, has the best athletic department in the entire country. Second reason, they are distressed assets with nowhere to go right now. So I think picking up the phone and doing some vetting and exploratory talks and sources have cautioned me. These are early talks. They are formal talks because people are getting on the phone, but they are early. They don't see a lot of uh, a lot of drawback into at least having the chat and running out the ground ball, if you will, to see where they are. Running out the ground ball here to talk about it. John Wilner. Bay Area News Group. He's got his batting helmet on. He's got his bat out. Uh, what are we talking about with Cal and Stanford and the ACC? I mean, it would have been insane to think about this until last summer when, you know, USC and UCLA joining the Big Ten kind of made, uh, blew up the traditional conference alignment scenarios, right? So, you know, what I think is they should be doing, the, these schools is they should do whatever they can to get an offer from the SEC, uh, from the ACC. And then they should turn around and go to the Big Ten, and they should say, you don't offer us X, we're going to the ACC. Because they really should get into the Big Ten at this point. It makes all the sense in the world for Washington, Oregon, UCLA, and USC to have Count Stanford out here. And it also makes all the sense in the world for the 14 Big Ten schools that are east of the Mississippi to have two more out west because it will just reduce the travel demands on the athletes if there's more schools out west. I, I think it's interesting. Do you get the sense that the Big Ten actually is interested in this, or is Stanford and Cal, are they trying to drum up some uh, some conversation by talking with the ACC and then rubbernecking over at the Big Ten going, hey, are you sure you don't want us? Yeah, I think it's probably both. I mean, I do think that the Big Ten has had some conversations about it. I mean, that, there were some initial conversations last week, you know, with the Big Ten when, when they were starting to get real serious with Oregon and Washington. You know, Cal and Stanford were also part of that conversation initially. Uh, but I'm, I'm sure that the two Bay Area schools are also, you know, they're trying to drum up interest as well in, in this. And they feel like if they can do it, if they can create a Fox versus ESPN scenario, because ESPN has the ACC rights, Fox has the Big Ten rights. You know, if they can get ESPN and the ACC interested, Fox may just decide they got to pony up the money to to lock down the Bay Area. John Wilner with us. If the Stanford and Cal uh, contingent does not go to the ACC and cannot get the Big Ten to further expand, 
What are the options for the Bay Area schools, and how do they affect, in your mind, Oregon State and Washington State? Well, I think at that point they may try. I mean, they could try to be independents in football and put their Olympic sports in the WCC. But it's hard, a hard life as an independent football because of the schedule. So I think they may try to reform the Pac-12. With they, you know, the four schools le- left over, reform the conference, uh, add between four and six schools, and just kind of make a whole new Pac-12. I don't even know what they name it. They may name it the Pac-10. They may change the name altogether. But that would be the other option is to, to you know, recreate something new out of the rubble timeline for this happening because as i talk with washington state and oregon state feels to me that their fallback fallback plan is to go to the mountain west but they are first watching rubbernecking looking at stanford and cal and going hey uh if you don't go somewhere else we're our our you know we're open to conversations yeah i think for sure they they are waiting they're not going to enter the mountain west i mean they know they have that as an option they're not going to take that option until they're, they're sure that Stanford and Cal aren't going to try to reform the conference with them. So it could take weeks. I don't know. The ACC, uh, I think it's August 15th, is when ACC schools have to commit to being in the league for next year. And, you know, Florida State's been rumbling about getting out. So we'll see. I, I think the ACC situation could end up bleeding beyond August 15th. Uh, but I would I would imagine by the end of the month we're going to know where Stephen Cal going and what Washington State and Oregon State are doing. John Wilner is with us. Uh, let's focus for a second on Washington and Oregon. They obviously made a decision that is like a twenty year decision in their mind, and they're seeing the future of college football. How do you think they compete immediately in the Big Ten? If are, are they different? Are they the same? Give me an idea of what you expect from them maybe in the first couple of few seasons in the Big Ten. I don't know that they're going to come in and do great. I, I just think, this, you know, that travel is going to catch up to them. It'll be interesting to see how the, the schedule, is, the rotation is created. You know, uh, you have to figure, uh, I mean, it makes sense to me that if they're playing nine conference games, Three of those games are going to be against the other West Coast schools. So if you're if you're playing USC, UCLA, and, uh, if you're if you're Oregon and you know you're playing Washington, uh, USC, and, and UCLA every year, you know, and you got six spots left, and and you got one of those spots is Wisconsin, and another Penn State. You know, the schedule could be pretty tough. I just don't know that they're going to go in and and do great. And that's they probably know that, but. If you finish fourth in the Big Ten, you might have a shot at getting that large birth to the playoff. The the Mountain West Conference, if we can focus there for a minute, we were talking in the last uh, segment about the possibility that Oregon State in particular could enter the Mountain West in 2024, uh, you know, post an undefeated season or a one-loss season, and possibly be a candidate for the expanded playoff and get into the playoff. And Oregon State fans, Wilner, are looking at me going, hey, why didn't anybody want us? Why doesn't anybody want Oregon State in your mind? I mean, it's a media valuation deal entirely. It's just, uh, you know, they don't they do not do great on TV ratings. That's what it comes down to, basically. Uh, you know, and they don't have, you know, some of the cachet of the bigger 
the bigger schools, Washington State's in the same position. That, that's what it's all about. It's do Fox and ESPN watch you? <laughs> and it's a very unfortunate situation. But it's true in terms of the playoff. If you go to the Mountain West and you win the Mountain West, you got to have a chance to get the playoff because there's always going to be one more automatic qualifier spot than there are power conferences, right? So the Pac-12 dissolves. There's four power conferences, ACC, Big 12, SEC, Big 10. They're going to have five automatic qualifier spots or else there's going to be an antitrust lawsuit from all the other conferences. So Oregon State or Washington State go in the Mountain West and they win, you know, you go 10-2 or whatever, 11-1, you win the Mountain West, you're going to be in the playoff. So in some ways, it's easier to get in the playoff potentially through Mountain West than it ever would be in the Pac-12. I mean, hard to believe either of those schools would ever get in the playoff from the Pac-12. But they could certainly do it for the Mountain West if they win that conference. George Klyovkov, um feels to me like if the Pac-4 is rebuilt, he's not the commissioner. In your mind, uh, is there any scenario in which Klyovkov could lead that group of four back to relevance or what do they need to do if they're going to rebuild do they do they fire him does he finish this season how do you how do you put a conference together when you've got a a guy in charge who was part of the conference falling apart it's hard to believe that they would go to the negotiating table with him representing the conference uh real hard to believe after what's happened you know the one issue though is if uh, my guess is they'd owe him 10 million bucks if they fired him, right? He's making about three and a half million a year, and he's got basically three full years left on his deal. I believe it's a five year deal. So they got to eat a lot of money, uh, unless they can somehow fire him with cause. But uh, I agree that it's, it's very difficult to imagine that he's leading the way if they do try to, you know, recreate uh, the four stick together and try to recreate a conference. They they can't have him lead the way. I don't think. I think it was going to be weird this season coming up with UCLA and USC involved. This was before Friday. Now Friday comes, we have what, what will be the final traditional season of the PAC 12 and a PAC 12 championship game and five really good teams. And how is this going to feel this season in your mind? It's going to be like a touch football game breaking out at a funeral, kind of. I mean, or a pickup basketball game at a funeral. It's going to be really weird. It's going to be unprecedented uh, in modern college history, you know, that you've got a, you know, a power conference, a pillar of college sports for 100 years. It is, it's breaking up, and, at, like, everybody's kind of going different ways, right? I mean, we could have a scenario where the the – Schools, the 12 schools are going to four different leagues, Big Ten, Big 12, ACC, Mountain West. It's crazy. It's like y'all just scattering, you know. Party's over. Everybody leaves out of a different door. Uh, it's I, I, it's going to be really weird, no question about that. And, and hopefully, you know, the weirdness won't take away from the competition because it should be great competition uh, for fans and for that players. But everything, there's going to be this giant cloud over everything. And, you know, the, the possibility of USC, Oregon, Utah, Washington, Oregon State getting to the title game, 
you know, does any of what's gone on since Friday distract one program more than another? A meaning like Oregon State, are they at a disadvantage now because, you know, they're focused on other things? Or is the football in your mind separate from everything else that's going on? It's possible that, you know, Washington State and Oregon State could use it as motivation. That would be, that's the first thing that comes to mind. I don't know that it will have an impact on, on the schools that are going to, you know, big conferences. But, you know, it could like just a little extra motivation. I mean, certainly the Oregon State game and the Apple Cup are going to be something to behold, right? I mean, there's going to be some real next-level emotion there. Uh, and, and I do wonder if we'll know – you know, by the time of those games, what the future scheduling situation will be with those schools, right? I mean, I got to imagine the Big Ten's going to take a little while to figure out its new conference schedule, uh, and those four Northwest schools are going to have to figure out if they're going to be able to play the the rivalry games again, you know, on a regular basis moving forward. Stanford, Cal, ACC, possibly angling for the Big Ten, uh, you know, as a as a afterthought or maybe a leverage play. What's the timeline in your mind? Is it a this week thing? Is it a next 24 hours thing? When do you think we get resolution or a clear idea of what's happening there? I thought it might be a this week thing, but I think it might be now a multi-week deal uh, with the ACC just because it, you know, they had, they're just starting. Expansion takes a long time. Uh, you got to do a lot of vetting, have a lot of discussions. You got to have internally with the presidents and the athletic directors. Then you got to get your media partner involved. I'm sure ESPN is doing a lot of modeling on, you know, subscribers to the ACC network in the Bay Area and all that kind of thing and negotiating with the school. So it's very involved. Uh, I think the fact that they haven't said no yet and they've had multiple meetings uh, over there means that it's got a chance, but I kind of think it's probably going to take a couple of weeks now, especially if the, there's a scenario in which the Big Ten also uh, gets involved. I, I, the Big Ten is certainly discussing the potential for adding Cal and Stanford, but I don't know if those talks have gone beyond the, you know, the initial stage yet, so we'll see. I, I would have to think before the season starts, but you never know. I was told that Oregon State had all of its lines in the water. It had, uh, you know, explored Big 12 and didn't really get anywhere. Of course, they would love to follow Oregon and Washington, I think, down deep into the Big 10, not be left behind. Um, You know, it doesn't appear that the ACC is interested in Oregon State. I'm told they had one conversation, didn't really go anywhere. Is is, Is it Mountain West Conference or a rebuild? Is that it in your mind, or is there any scenario where Stanford and Cal become players and the Big Ten could come back and go, look, let's just add everybody who's remaining and put them in a pot in the West Coast and really cut down on the travel. In your mind, is there any other scenario except the Mountain West or a Power Four rebuild for the Washington State-Oregon State group? I don't see any other scenarios. I really don't. It's either they're in there with, they're back in the Pac-4 with Stanford and Cal rebuilding or they're in the Mountain West. I do not see a third door for either of those schools. It's unfortunate, but it's just it's the reality, you know. And and their schools, I mean, you know, it's, it's unfair that you know uh, South Carolina. I mean, you can pick schools in the SEC and the and the Big Ten that don't really 
you know, belong any more or less than Oregon State and Washington State belong in the power conferences, right? I mean, Minnesota, Purdue, uh, I mean, Rutgers, you know, that's what this world has come to. Washington State, Oregon State have no, have no home, and Rutgers is getting, you know, tens of millions of dollars a year from the Big Ten. That's, but that encapsulates what real money is like and how TV drives it because Rutgers provides access to the huge New Jersey, New York media market for the Big Ten network. And that's the reason Rutgers is in the Big Ten getting $50 million a year, $60 million a year. Meanwhile, Washington State has gone to the bowl, bowl seven years in a row, and they're scrambling. Oregon State won 10 games last year, and they're scrambling. And it's because TV is driving it, and TV doesn't see as much value in those schools, and it's not fair. Wilner, um, one thing I've been talking about is, you know, or, you know, Oregon State fans will say, hey, it's discouraging does that mean this season and what happens doesn't matter? I don't think it's like, you know, Oregon State wins the Pac-12 title and suddenly everybody goes, hey, we have to have that brand. But I think in five or seven years, there's going to be some more consolidation, more realignment, maybe more chaos. Does it behoove Oregon State as a brand to, A, try to win as many football games and championships wherever they are as possible, and B, what else can they do? Well, it certainly behooves them to win. Because winning means resources, right? It, it, it means ticket sales. It means TV money. It means your donors are happy and they're, they're contributing. And certainly we don't know what the college landscape will look like in 2030 and beyond. But if you win now, the next five, six years, you're putting yourself in position to, to move up uh, potentially, depending on what the, what the openings are. There's no doubt about that. John Wilner, you're the best. Uh, hydrate, and I will talk to you soon. <laughs> All righty, my friend. Thanks. There you go. There's Wilner. He and I, he and I are in contact a lot. I got to be honest. You know, I worked with Wilner when I was at the uh, San Jose Mercury News twenty uh, something years ago. Got a lot of respect for him. And uh, you know, we've watched media companies shrink and shrink and shrink. The staff at the Mercury News shrinking. The staff at the newspaper I was at shrinking to almost nothing. And I finally decided to go off on my own. And Wilner and I. Um, in a lot of cases, we we stay in touch with each other like we're working for the same team. We're covering the same stuff. You know, there's times when we're at odds where he'll break a story and I'll go, damn it, I should have had that. Or I'll break something and he'll go, damn it, that was a good job by you. Like, we do a little bit of that. But I love having him on this show because I need to check myself sometimes. When I say things like, hey, I do think winning is really good for Oregon State in the short term. Like, everybody wants to win, of course. But... Does it help increase your brand, improve you? And what else can you do? Like, Oregon has done a magnificent job. The Oregon Ducks have done a great job building their brand, having success on the field, hitching their wagon to Nike, building resources, playing games, getting the platform. All of that has separated Oregon over the last 25 years from Oregon State. You know, Pat Kilkenny, longtime Oregon booster. He says if it weren't for Phil Knight... Oregon, Oregon would be in the same soup that Oregon State's in, you know? Yeah, it's, it's, it's unfortunate, but that's the kind of stuff Oregon State needs to be thinking about now. Okay, there's going to be another round of realignment, seven years, 2029, 20, six, seven years. You want to be better positioned then. What can you do in the next six, seven years? They've, they've rebuilt their stadium. They can continue to have success. They continue to invest in football. 
Um, it's it's going to take a lot of branding and a lot of effort by Oregon State, but they have to position themselves better in the next five or six years. Leave it here. we got more ahead. Plus, Nick Daschle, who's got a tour of the new side of Reeser Stadium, will be checking in in the 5 o'clock hour. Plus, Stephen, he'll get... We interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald Face hey, Sorry Truth. to interrupt the podcast, but if you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.